dedicated to trots racing. On winners, welcome to Gate Speed. That's how good gate speed is going. We're getting multiple openers. We just absolutely love it. Trots are flying, and the man who's on the line with us, hopefully, fingers crossed, is from Harness Racing Victoria and plenty of other media platforms. Blake Red, how are you, Bakes? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, Bond, did you look up that name in the ad break? It's uh, it would it actually upset me because it's a Seinfeld yeah. um, date of the lane. Segue, what, what, a what a segue! What a segue into, into, into our first guest. We'll we'll introduce him now and ask him the question. Andrew Patrick Gath. Did you know that Ned Isakoff, if, if I, without looking it up, did you know exactly who Ned Isakoff was? Yes, he was the communist in Seinfeld. He <laughs> dated Elaine, I think. Yeah, and can you name the episode? Uh, the race. Oh, too good. <laughs> He's good. Too good. <laughs> He's too good. good from Andy Gath. Um, <laughs> good morning to you, mate. You must have, well, good afternoon now. Uh, big weekend coming up at Tabcor Park, Melton. Big weekend right around the country, but you've got some very exciting horses coming back into the stable, and it was pretty nice to see Tornado Valley trial the way he did. Yeah, no, definitely. Obviously, he's the best horse in the stable, and yeah, when you have your best horse back to the races, there's always something to look forward to. This is, uh, this is a great way to start, Andy, because there's been some back and forth in the last six months. McLovin has been sort of closing that gap, I think, in many people's eyes. Tell us exactly from your point of view right now, how much is between McLovin and Tornado Valley and, uh, and sort of what do you expect this preparation from Tornado Valley? Yeah, I don't think there's too much between them, to be honest. McLovin probably a little bit stronger and Tornado Valley's probably a little bit more brilliant. Uh, obviously, his gate speed sort of takes him a long way, but... Um, yeah, whoever drew good out of both of them, um, you know, would probably beat down one home, in my opinion. So, um, you know, we'll find out down the track when they clash again. Uh, most interesting runner turning up in that race as well, as everybody knows. But I am, sort of, I am intrigued by that. Just quickly, if they were both at their very top and McLovin was in front and Tornado was Tornado Valley was at his absolute best and outside the leader over a middle trip, not a long trip, because I reckon McLovin thrives over the long trips, who would win that race? Uh, probably McLovin. Now tell us about everybody knows. <laughs> yeah, obviously uh, he's also been in stable for a little bit. He has a few issues with tying up. Um, he's probably the best performed trotter I've bought from New Zealand. Um, he's won you know one hundred and fifty thousand and been placed in a fair few Group One. So he's a lovely little horse. Um, he sort of went back up north and sort of racing a fair bit out of form. So we're able to get him fairly cheap. So um, yeah, you know he's a horse that. Probably he's more sit sprint type horse, but he's going to have a, quite a good career while he's here in Australia, I'd say. Is it still a very much a learning exercise with him, Andy, or are you confident that you're you're right on top of him, top of him, and we're going to see something like his best? Yeah, it's still a bit of a learning curve with him. Um, again, he's had a stop and start preparation since he's sort of been at my place because uh, he keeps tying up. So, uh, but we think um, his best is pretty good. He's not going to reach the heights of the other two. Uh, but, again, he, he's a sort of dangerous horse with the right run. The other really high-profile ho- horse who's resuming for the stable on uh, on Saturday night, Andy, is three ways. We know he's very, very good. He trialled well, obviously was tackling inferior horses, but gave them the belting that you would expect. What are you expecting from him first up and for the preparation as a whole? Yeah, obviously, uh, he hasn't raced since the Kilmore Cup last year, which he ran second in. Um, he had a really bad foot abscess. Um, yeah, which we had to cut out and let the foot grow back. So it's been a long time for him off the scene. And, yeah, he's a quality horse. I was just looking back at his form before. I didn't realise his form was so good. Um, yeah, it's probably a good draw for him to draw the back row first up. Um, he's probably not quite fit enough to sort of burn out the gate and sort of hold him off. So, um, yeah, but he's got really good speed. If he sort of the races run to suit, he's a chance of running top three. Is he the, the kind of horse now that you've got him back, Andy, that you'll progress through the 
the winter and sort of target those early country cups or will he have a break soon and, and come back for those or just uh, just sort of play it as it lies? Yeah, we'll probably just keep you know going on with the preparation. Um, he's not a very big horse, but yeah, he's another one's got really good gate speed. He's only ever got beat once in front and that was right on the line by Carlos Pixel. So if he gets the opportunity to draw good down the track, um, you know, that he's full taken in front and sort of... Um, you know, can sort of slow him up and get home really good. So, yeah, no, he's a quality horse, but he's on a tough mark that there's no easy races for him. So, um, yeah, you know, he'd be targeted at a lot of the country cups. He's on a tough rating now, isn't he, Andy? He's on a tough rating, isn't he? That's it, yeah. <laughs> She's a pocket rocket is one of your interesting runners as well. Ba- Baptism of Fire in the APG Championship at Group 2 level has been trolling relatively well. I-, I wouldn't think you'd be going out there expecting to win on Saturday night, but what are you hoping for? No, definitely not. I didn't have her nominated originally, uh, but she trolled really good. Last night, uh, they went two minutes for the 2200, and her last mile, she broke 159 last mile, blind really good. So, I thought an opportunity for a $50 race down the road where, um, again, you know, she goes to quality horses. We know she's not going to win, but she might pick up the fourth prize money. But I think, you know, in the future, she's going to be quite a nice filly, and she just seems to be getting better all the time. And a couple before we let you go, Andy. I'm not sure if one has much left, but I'm quite keen to get your thoughts on uh, where Beach Surge might be at and also Poseidon, who we haven't seen for a fair while. Are those two horses uh, on their way back soon? Yeah, they're both currently in the paddock, actually. Um, yeah, Poseidon sort of given a pretty long spell, um, so he's still out. And Beach Surge just had a couple of internal issues. And, um, you know, he sort of you know, got quite sick, um, sort of, big cause of antibiotics, trying to get him well, but, you know, he's spelling that Richard Matthews plays out of Port Ferry, so he was probably spending another month there then and come back into work. Uh, look, I've got plenty left, to be honest. I could keep you in the line for 25 <laughs> minutes if, if you wanted to, Andy, but, uh, look, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to deviate away from harness racing for a moment. Unfortunately, we had to had to uh, let listeners know of the breaking news that Alan Richardson uh, is parting ways with St Kilda, but during the week, John Longmire did something, uh, did the opposite with Sydney, and he's recommitted long-term, so won't be going to North Melbourne. Your thoughts as a uh, devoted Swan fan? Yeah, no, happy to, um, you know, that he stayed there. Just a little side note of Alan. Alan used to um, actually be my boss when I was an electrician. Really? Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, his dad um, uh, owned Rivley Jack, so, um, yeah, so they were heavily involved in harness a lot of people probably don't realise that. So, uh, yeah, so um, at least, you know, one of us has still got a job. You might be his boss soon, Andy. <laughs> yeah, he might be able to, <laughs> might be able to give, give him an olive branch and come and help me. <laughs> I reckon, to be honest, while he was telling us the Alan Richardson story, Andy's pretty much deviated away from telling us whether he's happy that horses staying at the Swans or not. Was that a yes or a no? Yeah, Andy? no, no, very happy horses staying there. All right. Yeah. Well, we really appreciate your thoughts, mate, and uh, good luck with all the horses on the weekend. Particularly, it's great to have three ways back, although it sounds like it's going to be tough for him to win from out there in Tornado Valley as well. Just go and let McLovin know he's definitely number two still in the stable if you can. Okay. All right, thanks very much to Andy Gath. It's 18 past 12, and thank you to him, or well done to him, for being able to recognise Ned Isikoff, though we never do know whether he got an opportunity to Google that or not. It's 19 past 12, and we're going to get stuck into the five things we learnt now on Gatespeed Basin. We're going to start with Punker... Pu- Punker. Punter... Punter... Oh, no. <laughs> that could have gone badly oh, no. wrong. Uh, Punter pushes on for another Group 1. This was most unexpected. Certainly, Grant Dixon was expected to win the Sunshine Sprint on Saturday night, but this was not the horse he was meant to do it with. No, and what what, what can you say about a Hoka Punter? He's sort of been in the abyss for a large amount of time, Um well, he did a, an okay job, I guess you'd say, in Perth, but we know him as the Victoria Derby winner for Tony Hurley, and uh, he was uh, one of the more promising horses in Australasia, really, at one stage of his career, but uh, it uh, it all sort of went awry for a fair while. I think he's won, it was just his second win in 12 months in Queensland, but 
uh, take nothing away from him. He was able to dig up and hold that run behind the crazy early speed. They won a 26 first quarter and uh, obviously the leaders just maxed out there. He got up the sprint lane and was too good for his more fancied stable mate Colt 31 but um, I guess it's just uh, it's a it's a good case, of, good case of keeping a horse around and you could easily have sold him to America or tied him or done different things but they kept him in work and they kept him racing and he's now an, you know, a multiple group on winner and he's done it again. Well you've stolen my thunder here really because that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean you would have thought there was no big race wins left in Ohio Punter but if you've got a very good horse and you get the right opportunity you never know what's going to happen. Now not only was he an absolute gun in New Zealand as a three year old he also came over and won the Victoria Derby final. He was first in the Blacks of Fake Group 1 level. I was there on that very wet night in July 2006 16 and going forward he's run some magnificent races across the journey but that was his first big race win in a very very long time in the sunshine sprint and it probably just makes you question well it makes you question a hell of a lot of things going into uh into saturday night but probably um tiger Tara, who we'll talk about soon it probably means that uh, he deserves to be favorite for the blacks of fake which he is after the draw today we'll go through that after cairns race two before cairns race two tiff takes oaks with ease unfortunately she's drawn outside the second row for the derby on Saturday night, but she is one of the best, uh, one of the best three-year-old fillies we've seen. Her and Belle of Montana both that they're two of the best three-year-old fillies we've seen in a very long time. Yeah, well, particularly on Australian soil, soil Princess Tiffany, she's uh, she sort of mixed her form a little bit earlier last prep or this preparation in New Zealand, but when she gets to Australia, she obviously just thrives and. Uh, she looked uh, infallible, really, in her two-year-old preparation over here, winning the Breeders' Crown, and she hasn't done much to, uh, to sort of change that at three. And um, yeah, it was just it was easy work for her. The barrier draw clearly won her the race last weekend. It won't this weekend. She'll have to work very hard for it. But um, once she got to the front, she was never losing that that Queensland Oaks, and um, she just continued to assert her dominance. Not the strongest field. Miss Trizan tried hard, but uh, she uh, she really should have won Princess Tiffany, and she did. She was really good. We're only 50 seconds away from Cairns, but gee, Miss Streisand's been good in those couple of runs up there. Oh, I've got a bit of time for her, and uh, and I couldn't agree more. She's been excellent. Obviously, having to sit parked um, on Saturday night didn't didn't suit her, but when she was able to lead, she did make a really good race of it in the South East Oaks with Princess Tiffany. She led, of course, in that uh, in that qualifier for the Vic. Victoria Oaks as well uh, when Belle of Montana produced one of the all-time performances to hunt her down but um, she's a pretty nice filly she's not in the same league as those top couple but um, she'd match it with just about anything else you would have thought race two at Cairns pretty close to a start two nine fifteen sixteen and seven any scratchings here 20 seconds to go the Grove is the favorite here at two dollars sixty we Millie Mac five dollars six fifty for cinematography october storm is at seven dollars fifty and then double figures the rest there's been a little bit of money for pontrefact who i didn't mind 17 into 12 and best back of those at a shorter quote would be the favorite the grove it's been six dollars into 260 so they've whacked it let's go back to uh, race two at cairns and john's foresight for the call i look to be all in uh, and uh, set for a start here race two Lights on, and they're set. 9.50 the journey. The Grove is the favourite. October Storm is down on the inside. Set for a start. 
And they're away and racing. And uh, Pontefract won the start. Wee Willie Mac out wide. And cinematography's going very quickly with Wee Willie Mac. Kensington Gold, the grey, goes up on the inside. And they were followed then by Bonzone. And uh, Lager Lad is up in that division from Pontefract, October Storm. Then came Mashaka, the Groves well back. Night Talkers down on the inside. Lady Tiffany and Instinction Lass is the last. The grey coming to the home corner here though is in front Kensington Gold, cinematography moved up ominously on the outside and then just in behind them was Bonzone no, they were followed by Lager Lad running on, Pontefract behind them and uh, right down the outside is Wee Willie Mack and the Grove is now starting to pick them up, Bonnie Zone hit the front, they're getting up on the inside is October Storm, cinematography but it's Bonnie Zone, the Grove is late, Bonzone in front, Bonzone Bonzone beat Cinematography Photography tight for third, the Grove, or October Storm, then Pontefract. Back behind them then would have been Instinction Last Lady, Tiffany Lager Lad, followed by Mashaka. Wee Willie Mack was wider on the track. Underneath them then came uh, Kensington Gold and Night Talker, the last one in. Bond Zone, number 12, ridden by Nathan Dale. I used to say when I started to rain down three-pointers when I was younger, you are in the Bond Zone. 12.40 and $3.32, 10 for cinematography, no third yet. 12.8 and a photo race two at Cairns. Back with Blake Redden and Gate Speed. We continue with the third thing we learnt across the course of the weekend in particular. Rest assured, Purden has a star in the making. We speak, of course, of self-assured, who's a very short price favourite after drawing Gate 4 for the Queensland Derby. Uh, I was moved, not quite to tears, I haven't cried in four or five years, but um, I was moved to some emotions by the performance of uh, Self Assured on the weekend. It was just incredible to watch him sit parked outside Lock and Varad, who I would, would have thought in Australia is equal of any three-year-old in the country, and just find a way to beat him in that exceptionally fast final half-bakes. Indeed. Well, a couple of things to unpack here. First of all, he must be tough if you haven't cried in that long, so uh, congratulations on that. And secondly, onions, he must have been... Onions, maybe. Yeah, yeah move, you... move forward. You must have been thrilled when John Forsyth switched from Bonnie Zone to Bond Zone halfway up the straight, so you could get your little, uh, you could get your little story in. But um, yeah, this is a star self-assured for for Mark Burden. And the thing is, he's doing it in different ways. I know um, he sat parked. It was probably you know a really quick win rather than a tough win on the weekend because they ran that slick last half, and he just out sprinted Lock and Right, which is no easy feat. Make no mistake about it. that's that's something to behold, particularly when you're covering more ground around the bends but uh you know he, he was really tough the week before he, he showed high speed in his first queensland win beating jesse duke so there's there's plenty in the trick bag for self-assured and i think uh, we're going to see some sort of performance on saturday night and as you say the market has switched on he's not gonna um he's not gonna be a betting proposition ne- necessarily but uh, there's there's got to be a vibe around that he's a pretty pretty nice horse in the making. I would have thought. When you get home, that to relate it to almost like a footy match. When you get home in those sort of numbers and you're able to sit parked, it's like it's like one great team's kicking 13 goals in the final half, and somehow you've managed to kick 15. It like it was just one of those performances that that you just sort of shake your head at. And we know as such an inexperienced horse, and we know that he's he hung a bit and he's probably um, got a fair bit of maturing to do, that he's going to be the next Purden superstar. How high he goes, we will find out in coming weeks, months and years. Fourth thing we learnt, tales too good in Jane Allen. Definitely, I'm probably willing to soften very, very slightly. Now, over a really long trip with a tough run we saw in the Queen of the Pacific, Tell Me Tales may not be the best female pacer in Australia. I still think she probably is, but she over short and middle distance trips, she definitely is. 
Oh, it's it's impossible to say, based on what we saw in the Queen of the Pacific, that she's not, because we just don't know, given what unfolded. I guess she's just not as... Di- I mean, it, it feels like yeah. circumstances can't beat her over these trips against the Mayors. Yep. No, it's probably a fair call, and, and she is clearly dominant up to 2200. I mean, you know, to some degree, I know it's open class, but she's gone to an angle and proven that she can be beaten there when they're running along and she's out the back over the sprint trip, but uh, she doesn't find herself in those positions, I guess, against the mares here in Victoria and, and probably anywhere she wouldn't. So uh, she's she's just got sustained high speed. She's uh, I'm not sure I'd say she's tough, but she's just she's able to hold and maintain that top speed and it probably does make her tough, but she's just um, she's something else. She's a real uh, real trier, I think, and uh, and just a really good mare. So um, again, we know plenty about her. We're not covering any new ground here, but uh, Tell Me Tales is certainly too good for the current batch of mares over that trip. I'd lo- she just hasn't had an opportunity. I'd love to see her in a, like a big race at Menangle or a race against the boys even draw well. And I reckon she could cause a boil over in nearly any race she can test. I know some people would say that's going a bit too far, but. They're my feelings on it. And the final thing we learned across the course of the weekend, Tara back and on track for Blacks of Fake. Already mentioned that he is your Blacks of Fake favourite for uh, Saturday night. It was a pretty much, you, you talk about not learning much. We didn't learn much about much about Tiger Tara other than the fact that he's obviously come back in fine fettle on Saturday night at Tabcourt Parkman Angle. Indeed. It was interesting that I guess he started uh, and they found the race where he could, he could kick off his preparation over 2,300. I wouldn't be surprised if they if they put that sprint trip in the kit bag for, for the next 12 or so months with Tiger Tara and just say, we know we've got a really strong stayer and a, and a good horse over a middle trip, so we won't attack the um, the Lensmith Miles and, and those sort of races going forward. They might they might do that, but I'm imagining a very sustained New Zealand campaign with the Cup and the Inter-Dominion over there this year, all in one preparation. So, um, yeah, he as you say, we didn't learn anything, but uh, you know he did a good job to to win, and it'll be interesting to see what he can do because in all these big races, I guess he has found the lead in most of them. He might find the lead again, but he's drawn really poorly on Saturday night, so it does prevent uh, present some sort of I guess uh, a stumbling block for him if he doesn't get to the lead to see exactly how good he is sitting parked and trying to monster a good field. Not uh, not a inter dominion field by any stretch, but but just uh, you know different circumstances, I guess. About 10 seconds or 15 seconds before race two at Devonport, just quickly, you can say no, but have you a little, had a little look at Saturday and found anything very early doors? Uh, no would be the answer. If you give me another 10 seconds, I reckon I'd find something. But you've, you've, you're, on, you're on the clock. Okay, well, we'll just do dead air, will we, for 10 seconds? <laughs> <laughs> All right, they're going to move into Devonport. You'll give it to us later in the week. Appreciate your thoughts and time, Bakes.